You can go ahead and be seated. times the difference between a praiser and a complainer is just a it's just your perspective on the situation you can have two people that are in the same situation in the same boat going through the same thing pretty much and one on the other hand will be complaining and it's everything's falling apart and it's terrible and, and the other one is just thankful We're thankful I heard somebody say and, and I honestly didn't look up the statistic of it, but in, in America, the poorest person in this room is in the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the world. The most broke person in this room tonight is you are in the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the world. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. So many times we... We get our minds and our, our eyes and, and, and everything on, on what other people have and what other people are doing and, and the situations they're in. And, and to be honest with you, one of the worst, the worst, the worst things out there for it is, is the old Facebook. Because we get on there and we see, oh, this person's doing this or this person's doing that. And, and we just feel like, well, my... I don't have anything going on, but if we would really look around, stop and look around of where God has brought us from, every person in this room, where, where you were and where you are now and what God has done in your life, every one of us have a reason to be thankful tonight. It doesn't matter what the situation is you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You have a reason to be thankful tonight. Amen? Amen. Bishop, we're going to have to get you some red socks. Anybody that works in the hospital or been around the hospital knows what that means. If you fall, you're a fall risk. Sister, Sister Hyde has some you can borrow. You are a fall risk. They always ask you, have you fallen within the last 30? You go to the hospital, they ask you, have you fallen within the last 30 days? So like, yeah, I've fallen within the last 30 days. I fall all the time. But anyway... Hebrews chapter 11, and I, I really don't think I'll be very long. I'm, I'm not going to prolong it for the sake of prolonging it. We're going to see what God has to say, and then we will move on. But Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained good report. And skipping to verse number 8, the Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, have, should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. So basically what he's saying, he, he was in a comfortable place. He was in a place where he was going to receive an inheritance. He was in a place that, that was going to belong to him. But God called him out, and the Bible says he obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder 
and maker is God. Back to verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the thing that will drive us when we can't see it. Faith is the thing when we can't feel it that will keep us going. Faith is that thing that will, will push us on when it's getting tough, when it's getting hard. The faith and the belief in what God has promised and what God will do. The Bible says that Abraham got up and he left his home country. He left a place of comfort. He left a place that the Bible says was his to inherit. Everything that he had was there. His whole life, his dreams, his future, everything was, was right there for him. But God said, I want you to get up out of that comfort zone. I want you to get up out of your father's house. And I want you to go and I want you to walk. And I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. He didn't give him a map. He didn't necessarily give him directions. He just said, I want you to get up and I want you to go. And Abraham had faith. He said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to go where you've called me to go, even though I don't know where it's leading me, even though I don't understand, Lord, where I'm going, even though what I'm leaving behind seems comfortable, even though what I'm leaving behind is all my hopes and dreams, even though what I'm leaving behind is what, what I thought was my future, Lord. But I'm willing to say, God, you have called me, so I'm going to go where you have called me. Then we see God after he is called and he is given the promise of, of a son and he goes through that process and we know the story of Abraham. God has given him a son and he, he says, I, I've blessed you. And, and he said, now I, I want you to give back that thing that I've given to you. I could not imagine being standing there and have God tell me that he wanted me to give my son to him. I couldn't imagine what was going through his mind when he raised that knife. I can't imagine what was going through Abraham's mind when he made that trek up that hill. I can't imagine what went through Abraham's mind when his son looked at him and said, Dad, I see, I see the fire, I see the, I see the, the sticks, I see everything, but where, where is the sacrifice? I can't imagine what was going through his mind, but there was something in Abraham that believed the word of the Lord. There was something that was in him that drove him, no matter what he faced, no matter what God asked of him, he believed and he trusted and he had faith in God. He looked at his son, he said, he said son, God will provide the sacrifice. He said, I'm going to bring what God has told me to bring. I'm going to go where God has told me to go, and I know that God will provide the sacrifice because I have faith, I believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we cannot see. It is the thing that, that brings into existence. The Bible said that we knew by faith that the worlds were created, that, that everything that we have, everything that we see around us. It goes one story after story of the patriarchs and the people in the Bible of great, great things of faith great feats of faith, and it talks about all these, these great people and how God used them and how, how God performed great feats of faith in their life. But every one of them had to make a conscious choice. Every one of them had to make a decision. Every one of them had to decide that I'm going to go from where I am to where God has called me to be. Most every one of them faced situations that they didn't understand. 
A lot of them face things that, that, that they couldn't see the, the outcome of the situation. They couldn't see the end of, of the situation. They couldn't see what God was going to do. All they had was a word from God. And they said, I, that's enough for me. I believe the word of the Lord. Pastor talked about it last week about the spies that went and spied out Cain and, and the, the ones that came back and said, we can't do it. But the two came back and said that we can do it. They decided to believe the word of the Lord. So many people through the Bible we see that, that made the decision in their lives that I'm going to believe. I might not see it. I might not understand it. But I have made the decision that I am going to believe. James chapter number 2 and verse 14. This is another familiar scripture. The Bible says, What doeth profit in my brother, and though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? For brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Every one of those people we see, Abraham had to make a decision that not only am I going to hear the word of the Lord, not only am I going to believe the word of the Lord, but I'm going to act upon what God has told me. I'm going to make the decision to get up and to leave my father's house, and I'm going to go where God has called me to go. So many times we receive a word from the Lord and we say, I believe. I believe the word of the Lord. I believe the promises of God. I believe God's going to do what he's called, what he said he's going to do. I believe it. And we come in church and, and, and we hear it and, and we can say amen and we can believe. But there has to be something that connects to that belief. There has to be action that begins to happen on our part. There has to be something that, that says, okay, God, I've heard your word, God. I believe your word. And not only do I believe your word, but I'm going to begin to put into action those things that you have told me to do, God. It's not just enough for me to say that I believe, but I have to put some action forth into what I believe. Many times we use this scripture, and this scripture is used when it comes to our initial salvation and in discussions of, of you know, the, the sinner's prayer. And, and we say, well, faith without works is dead. We have to have works that go along with faith. But even to those of us that are saved, even to those of us that are living and, and, and know the truth, so many times we, we hear the word of God. We believe the word of God. We say it. We say amen. We, we, we amen the preacher. We believe, but, but there's a disconnect in what we, we say we believe and, and what our actions are saying that we believe. There's a disconnect in when I say, yeah, I believe God's going to do it, and me putting into action what I believe, me living what I believe, me walking out what I believe, me being like Abraham and saying, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go where God has called me to go. It's not good enough for me just to sit in my comfort zone and say, I believe the word of the Lord. 
It's not good enough for me just to sit by and say, I believe the promises of God, but there's got to be something in me that is activated. There's got to be something in me that says, I'm going to put into action the promises and the word that God has given me. I'm going to put into action those things that God has told me. If we're not careful, we can treat the promises of God like a relic that we pull out of the closet every now and then and, and look at. We treat the promises of God like a thing that we dust off every now and then when, when things are getting hard and, and we pull it out and say, hey, God promised me this. And then when things settle down, we get comfortable again and we put that promise back again in the closet. We don't think about it. And then when things get hard again, we pull out the promises of God. Oh, God promised me. And then we put it away. Somewhere something's got to happen in us the way we say, I'm going to begin to live the promises of God. I'm going to begin to walk out the things that God has promised in my life. I'm going to begin to do what God has called me to do. This church as a body, we have many promises, things that God is going to do. But we have got to come to a place where we decide I'm not, it's not enough for me just to amen when, when we talk about the revival that God is going to give. It's not just enough for me to amen and say and get excited when, when the pastor gets up and talks about harvest. It's not enough for me just to get goosebumps when we talk about and preach about the great revival and the great things that God is going to do in this place. But there's something in me that's got to be activated Said I want to be a part of what God is going to do. There's something in me that's got to say, I believe the word of the Lord. And it's not just words, but I'm going to put into action that I believe the word of the Lord. It's going to be something in me that says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a part of the harvest that God has for this city. It's not enough just to say I believe. It's not just enough just to amen or in these four walls. But there's something got to begin to burn inside of us. So I want to see the promise. God, I want to be a part of your promise. God, it's not enough for me just to hear about it. God, it's not enough for me just to talk about it. Lord, I want to be a part of what you're doing. God, I want to be a part of the harvest. God, I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. I'm not only going to talk about it. I'm not only going to say I believe it, but I'm going to begin to pursue it. I'm going to begin to go after the things that God has promised me. I'm going to begin to pursue after those things that God has said he's going to do in my life. I'm going to begin to go after those things that God has promised this church. I'm going to begin to go after those things that God God has promised this city because I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to be involved in the promises of God. I don't want to just hear about it. I don't want to just talk about it. But I want to be involved in what God is wanting to do. I don't want to be someone who just sits on the sidelines. Says, oh yeah, God's going to do it. One of these days. When somebody comes along and, 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 and does it, God's going to use somebody and they're going to be used of God and, and God's going to do it. I've come to ask the question, why not me? And why not now? And Jesus looked at the disciples and said, he said don't, don't say there's four months until the harvest. Look on the fields, they're white, they're ready to harvest now. 
He said that, that there's not a lack of harvest, but there's a lack of laborers in the kingdom. There's not a lack of promises available, but there's a lack of participants that are willing to get involved with what God is trying to do, that are willing to get outside of their comfort zone and say, you know what, it's not just good enough for me to hear about it on Sunday morning. It's not just good enough for me to hear the pastor preach about it. It's not even just good enough for me to have dreams about it. It's not just good enough for me just to hear the word of the Lord, but I've got to put some action into what I've heard. I've got to begin to do what God has called me to do. I've got to put action behind what I'm saying I believe. It might be uncomfortable. I might not know exactly where it's going to take me. I might not feel like I'm exactly qualified. But I know that I have a promise from God. And I'm going to walk where God has called me to walk. I'm going to be involved in the harvest that God has. It's not enough for me just to say it. It's not enough for me just to talk about it. There's got to be something in me that says I want to get involved. Whatever I got to do to be involved in what God has promised. If I want, if you want me to teach a Bible study, Lord, I'll teach a Bible study. God, if you want me to clean, Lord, I'll clean. God, Lord, if you need me to clean bathrooms, I'll clean bathrooms. Lord, God, if you if you need me to 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 answer phone calls in the middle of the night from some some child, some baby that needs help, needs encouragement. God, I'm willing to do it. God, I'm willing to lose sleep. God, I, I'm willing to to go the extra mile. God, I'm willing to lose my my time. God, but and, and be be on your time, God, because I want to be a part of what you're doing, God. I want to be involved in the promises of God. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be involved in it. I want to be a part of it. Abraham got up and he began to walk. Promise after promise he's seen, and, and, and God used him, and God talked to him, and, and he went through ups and downs, but through it all, he just, he just began to keep walking because he had a word from God. It didn't always seem like it was going to come together. And in fact, Abraham died before he got to see the real fulfillment of everything that God promised. But he had a word from God. He said, I'm going to take that promise that I have from God, and I'm going to begin to walk. I don't know where it's taking me. I don't know what it's going to cost me. It doesn't matter if I have a word from God, and I want to be involved with what he's doing. I don't know exactly what the cost may be. I don't know exactly where it might take me, God, but I want to be involved in your kingdom. I want to be involved in what you're doing, Lord. It's not just enough for me to talk about. So something has been burning in my, in my heart, and maybe this is just for me. But I don't want to just hear about it anymore. There's something in me that I want to become involved in what God is doing. There's something in me that burns in me that says that it's not just enough just to, just to talk about it. It's not, it's not just enough to pull out those promises and look at them and, oh, those are nice, those are good, those are great, and then put them back on the shelf. There's something to me that wants to grab a hold of the promises of God and say, I'm going to see what God has promised me. Nothing, I'm not going to allow anything to distract me, to distract me. I'm not going to allow anything to get me off course because I have had and received a promise from God and I am determined to see God. 
fulfill that promise in my life. There's something in us that we've got to become persuaded. I don't know if any of you have ever tried to talk somebody out of doing something that they had already made up their mind they were going to do. But those people like that, it doesn't matter what kind of rationale you give them. They've already decided. They've already made up their mind. They could be going to just on a fast track to destruction, and you could tell them every bit of it. This is going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is going to. Ha- you can see this. You can see. But they've already made up in their mind that that's what they're going to do. They've already determined it in their mind. And it doesn't matter what you say. They've made up their mind. On the other hand, someone that hasn't made up their mind, you can give them any little excuse, and they'll they'll take it and run with it. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where or maybe you're about to have to do something you didn't really want to do and, and someone comes along and gives you an out. You're real quick to grab a hold of it. Okay, yeah. My wife was telling me the other night, she said, I feel like you're real good at talking people out of letting you help them. I said, well, I can be. People ask me to help them with something and I kind of talk them out of it myself. Those people that, that have, have, have excuses and, and they, they're not really committed. They're not, they don't really want to do it in the first place. Any little thing that comes along, they give them an excuse to get out of it. Say, all right, I'm backing out. I don't have to do it. I'm not going. It's kind of the, the work over six flags thing, you know. You get an earache, you'll, you'll, go, you'll call in to work. I got an earache. I can't come to work. You're going to Disney World or something, man. You'll take some medicine and you'll you'll power through it. You know, if you're going to do something you want to do, you'll you'll find a way to make it happen. You go to stop by Walgreens on the way and take some meds and and keep on going. But if you don't want to be there, you don't want to be involved. It, it, the slightest little thing can distract you and say, "Oh God, I don't feel good. I'm not. I'm gonna call in. I'm not going to work today." And sometimes we're that way with, with the things of God. And we have not determined in our mind, we have not become convinced and persuaded in our mind of, of this is what I want. I'm not going to allow anything to distract me. I don't care what you come, what excuse you give me. I'm not going to allow anything to distract me. I have a promise from God. I'm holding on to what God has told me. I'm believing for what God has told me. It doesn't matter what comes against me. It doesn't matter what situation comes. Let me tell you something. The enemy will give you chance after chance after chance to change your mind. He'll give you opportunity and opportunity to walk away from the promises of God. But you've got to get something in your mind that says, you know what, I, I believe the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter what I have to go through. It doesn't matter what I face. I have received a word from God, and I'm going to hold on to the promise of God no matter what comes, no matter who comes, no matter who goes. It doesn't matter if you walk away. It doesn't matter if my family walks away. I have received a promise from God, and I'm holding on to that promise, and I am walking out the promises of God because I want to see those things that God has promised me. I've made up my mind. I want to be a part of what God is doing I want to be a part. I want to see those promises that God has promised me. 
It doesn't matter what it costs me. I might not see the end result. I might not even know what the end result is, but I've received a promise from God. And that's enough for me. I've received a word from God, and that's enough for me. Not only am I going to talk about it, not only am I going to say I believe it, but there's going to be something in me that begins to act upon the promise that God has given me. To get involved in what God is doing. To say yes. God, I'm willing to say yes. When the pastor calls and needs someone, I'm willing to say yes. God, when you need someone in the middle of the night to get up and pray for someone, I'm willing to say yes. This is not a Sunday morning, Sunday night gig. This is a Monday through Sunday life. Say, what about my time? What about what about what about what I want? What about my dreams? What about what about some point in your life, you've got to be willing like Abraham to get up and walk away from all those securities. Walk away from what seemed like was your future, your plans, your comforts. And say, Lord, I'm going to follow you because I have a word from you. And I want to see your promises fulfilled more than I want to see anything else in my life. More than I want anything else in my life, I want to see your promise and your will fulfilled in my life. It can't be something that we're wishy-washy about. It can't be something that we're looking for excuses to get out of it. We've got to be made up in our mind that I'm going to see God's promises fulfilled. We stand tonight. Let's come around the front. God is taking us to a new place as a church. There's things that are going to change. There's things that are going to be different. God is going to be calling a lot of us, is calling a lot of us out of our comfort zone, out of our place of comfort, out of the way we've always done things. You know what your comfort zone is. You know what that place of comfort is. the thing that that you're willing to get involved with, but you also know that place of discomfort where you say, "Ah, I don't know if I can do that. Ah, pastor, that's asking a lot. I don't know if I have the skills, I don't know if the abilities to be involved in that. But God is saying, I have a promise for you. If you'll just come out of your father's house, if you'll just come out of that place of comfort, If you'll just come out from where you are and leave those things behind, I have a promise for you. I have things that I will do in your life, things that I will do through you if you'll just follow me. If you'll just come, if you're willing just to say, I'm going to leave it all behind me, God. 
God, I'm going I'm to forsake everything that I have, Lord, and I'm, I'm chasing and I'm pursuing after the promise that you have given me. You're calling us tonight, come. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a desire for you, but you got to come. It's not just enough to hear it. It's not just enough to amen it in these four walls. We've got to take it outside and, and begin to walk it. It's not just enough to talk about it here. We've got to take it outside these four walls and begin to talk about it out there. I'm going to, I'm going to be real honest with you. What a lot of our comfort, our comfort zone is, it's coming on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and having good church. Oh, we love it. We love going home, and, man, we had some good church this, this weekend. Boy, we had some good church. All the while, nobody's life is being changed. All the while, those people that were on the job with us that we haven't talked to about Jesus. I, I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to anybody else in this room. not enough just to have good church. It's not enough just to come together and, and, and to feel goosebumps and, and to talk about what God wants to do in this city. There's something got to happen in us to say, I am no longer comfortable just coming and having good church. God, I want to see the revival that you have promised. God, I want to see the harvest, God, that you have promised. There's got to be a burden that gets in our hearts. God, there is a lost and dying city out there. God, and it's not enough for us just to come in, Lord, and pat ourselves on the back because we sang some good songs and we danced around a little bit and we had good church. God, we've got to see people saved. we got to see people's lives changed. God, and whatever I have to do, God, to see that promise fulfilled. God, whatever I have to do to be involved, God, in what you want to do, God, I'm willing to do it. God, whatever I got to lay down, God, I'm willing to lay it down. God, whatever I got to walk away from, God, I'm willing to walk away from it. God, because I want to be involved, God, with what you're doing. God, I want to be involved, Lord, with the harvest. God, I want to be involved, God, with the promises that you have given, God. Come on, if that's your prayer right now, why don't you just talk to him? Come on, if you need to repent, why don't you repent? God, I'm sorry, Lord. I've, I've allowed things in my life, God, to, to take place, God, of, of, of what you've called me to do. God, I've hidden behind things, God. I've hidden behind things in my comfort zone, God. God, I want to be involved with what you're doing. God, I want to be involved in the harvest, God. God, it's not just enough for me just to say I believe, God. God, but I want to put into action, God. Lord, I want to put into action, God, my faith. Jesus, help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Come on, here am I, Lord, send me. God, I'm not waiting for somebody else to do it. God, I'm not waiting for somebody else to get involved. God, here am I, Lord, send me. God, use me, Lord.
Oh, God, use me, Lord. God, I want to be involved, Lord. I want to be involved with what you're doing. God, I don't want to sit on the sidelines, God, but I want to be involved. Jesus. Jesus, use me, God. Use me, God. Use me, Jesus.